Hello and welcome to the Miss Sessions Journey podcast and to this episode of the journey of cello playing specifically. In the previous episode I talked a little bit about two things that I find very important, namely intention and dedication. Now it's time to be more concrete. So you have a dream and you have an intention. Next you will need a cello, a bow and a case. I have also experienced that finding a teacher might come first. The order of events don't matter that much. To find your cello, the safest is to go to your local luthier if you are fortunate to live in a place that has one or more of those. They might have a cello that you can rent or buy. You can be pretty sure it's a playable instrument if you get it from a luthier, while getting something via an online marketplace is more risky. I have seen a cello where the fingerboard didn't line up with the rest of the instrument, which means that an expensive visit to a luthier has to happen before the actual playing can start. This is also the case if the cello has a crack, for instance, and if the strings are worn out, you'll need to first order a new set of strings. You can also ask any music school in your city if they have cellos for rent or for sale. You might end up with an instrument with very old strings though, and with a bow in need of a rehair, but it's potentially an affordable place to start. It could also be that someone in your town has a cello that no one is playing on, maybe left behind by an old relative. It doesn't hurt to take a look at that. And there are shops online where you can order a whole cellist start kit complete with instrument, case and rosin. And among the adult beginners I have come across so far, ordering a cello online has been pretty common. Once though, one of my pupils came to me with her brand new cello she had ordered online, wondering why the bridge was in bubble wrap, lying under the strings. I guess that this had been done for safety measures during the transportation and I could help her set the bridge in its place and tune all the strings. So you might want to be in contact with the cello teacher sooner rather than later. In addition to traditional wooden cellos, there are also cellos that are electric and made of carbon fiber. These are typically more expensive than a wooden beginner's cello. Maybe unless you're fortunate to come across one secondhand. Electric cello is practical if you want to play loudly without disturbing your neighbors since you can play it with earphones. And carbon fiber cellos are great if you live in a dry and cold climate far from a luthier. I spent some years in the north of Norway. Uh, If anything were to happen to my wooden cello up there, I'd have to take an airplane to get it fixed in one of the bigger cities. My wooden cello has frequently opened up in the lining during the dry winter, which is nothing scary, but it's not something I can fix myself. So I ordered a carbon fiber cello to use during the winter when I was out and about, while my wooden cello could remain at home where I did my best to provide a stable level of humidity. However, most people use their wooden cello all year round. That's the common thing to do. Next uh, is bows. A bow might come with the cello you're buying, but I'll say something about it. You can get bows made of carbon fiber as well, which is typically cheaper than a wooden bow and doesn't break easily. In my experience, though, there is something about wooden bows that carbon fiber doesn't have. Since carbon fiber is a fancy word for plastic, it's especially in our current 
anti-plastic days, a little funny to even compare the two. But it doesn't hurt to have two bows, in case something happens to one of them. I have one of wood and one of carbon fiber. As a beginner cellist, a bow often comes with a cello, so you don't have to think much about it. If you're getting something secondhand, you might want new bow hair straight away, which is something that your teacher can take a look at for you and assess. And it might be in need of a good dose of rosin. Rosin is next on our list. If you were to drag a bunch of horse hair across a metal string, not much would happen. We need to apply rosin to the hair so that there's friction between the hair and the strings. If your fingers get sticky when you touch the bow hair, there is rosin on it. And it's because of the rosin that we don't generally want to touch the strings at the same place we're bowing. Our fingers get sticky and that doesn't go well with playing on the fingerboard or doing anything else really. Sometimes the rosin also comes together with the cello you're getting. But buying a new rosin is not expensive and it lasts a really long time. If you have a rosin that is a bit old, maybe it's broken into too many pieces or it dried up so much that it's hard to use. No shame if you chuck it and get yourself a brand new one instead. You also want a case. I have both a soft case and a hard case. The soft case is cheap and light in weight. The hard case protects the cello better and it's heavier to carry. Because the lighter the hard cases are, the more expensive they are, unfortunately. Whether you get a hard case or a soft case, make sure that it has a backpack system or at least two straps. Some cases only have a handle for carrying it with one hand and that's very heavy after a while. And again, as a beginner cellist, the case might come together with the cello you're buying. If the straps on the case can be detached from it, you can also use them to support the end pin of the cello while you play. You will need something of the sort. There are many different things out there for the purpose of supporting the end pin while you play. My favorite is to have a sturdy carpet under the chair. But when there is no suitable carpet, the best is to have a strap of a sturdy material that isn't flexible. The purpose of this item is to both support the cello on the floor while you play and to protect the floor from the sharp end pin. Cellos often come with a rubber hat sitting on the tip of the end pin. I haven't experienced that that works well for keeping the cello in place while playing, but at least it protects you from injuring yourself or others. The end pin can be very sharp. But for the sake of support on the floor, I'm using a strap I rescued from an old cello case. It's also completely fine to use a piece of wood that is attached to a string you can have around the leg of your chair. A few different terms I have come across to name this particular item are end pin stop, end pin anchor and end pin strap anchor. I usually just say strap since that's what I'm using myself, a cello strap. There is something called a rock stop. You will probably come across that. Uh, it's not connected to a strap and it's often not reliable. I don't recommend getting that. Now I have been through the essentials, but I will also mention some things that you will probably want to get a hold of as well. A music stand is handy if you're interested in playing from sheet music especially. Obviously, acquiring some Sheet music is handy for you if you want to play from sheet music. I'll say more about that in a later episode. 
It can be useful to have a tuner if tuning an instrument is new to you. It can be useful to have a metronome, at least I find it very useful in my practice. Both a tuner and a metronome can be downloaded as free apps on your phone. I personally prefer to not rely on my phone during practice, so I have a metronome device. I don't have a tuner device since, as a cellist, you will learn eventually to tune your cello with the help of the instrument itself. I do have a tuning fork, which gives me the A440, which is the starting point for tuning the cello. You will want a pencil for writing fingerings and bowings in your sheet music, and some like to have a cushion on the chair they are practicing on. A firm cushion that gives you a comfortable angle between your hips and your thighs. The cushion is typically higher at the back and more narrow at the edge of the chair. This type of cushion can really make a big difference to how it feels for you to practice, especially if you have long legs. So now you hopefully have your shopping list in order. In the next episode I'll talk about things to think about when finding the right teacher. My name is Ragnel Wesenberg. Please see the show notes for a link to my website if you're curious about my online course. For 20% off, use the code HELLOCELLO in one word at checkout. To find a structure around my projects, I'm a member of The Box, which is a small online community of people who work mainly on their own and enjoy the company of each other for a touch of accountability. If you're interested in this, go to theboxworkshop.com and get 30% off your first month with the code CELLO. Take care.